What's up? And welcome to the Sunday edition of uh, Unscripted and Unapologetic on this February 20th, 2022. Please remember if you like this content or even slightly like this content or think you might know somebody who like might like this content, please subscribe, share, consider donating so that I can continue to do the work that I'm doing and build the community that I'm building, which I will try to talk a little bit about today. Um, in what will like kind of the structure be, I don't know that we'll get to that entirely, but basically on the weekend, there will be paid content. And when I say paid, I'm talking like um, $3 a month, like really little stuff so that I can eke out an existence, but also um, afford uh, to keep doing this stuff because I think it's important to talk to and find people that are of like mind or not of like mind and bridge the gap. I had um, part of the um, show notes include like, it's unscripted, but the show notes sort of show notes that include um, me having like a Twitter exchange with someone this morning that, you know, weren't on the same page, but like just demonstrated civility in class and I appreciate that and I'm sure this person appreciated that and that's definitely what we need more of right now. Um, like very badly, we, we need more of that. Um, and so that's kind of the endeavor that I'm on. Um, so a few things first. Um, this schedule for what um, my like podcast and newsletter will look like is up on each um, in each profile. So if you go to the profile and but not that people give a shit about this, but just in case that you do and you want to know, I basically lay out what I hope to make it and you know what I hope it will be. So you know, almost all content will be free. Um, I hope somewhat original, although you know can sometimes you end up grifting from people there's not a lot of new ideas people you just you know massage old ideas and mold them and makes that sound when you successfully mold an idea it's a, you know um politically incorrect uh not always to be directly offensive most 99 91% of the time i don't intend on offending anybody i'm a really pretty easygoing, laid back, gentle person, but um, I also won't be a doormat and won't be walked over. Um, and I don't expect anybody else to be either. So um, politically incorrect, I, I say what I say and I don't mean to offend anybody 91% of the time, but sometimes I might poke the bear a little bit if you're just kind of an asshole. Um, I also hope that this can be a place where um, I can, talk to regular people I can't uh, tell you how many times and that would be like weekend content hopefully interesting stuff that people would subscribe to see um, and you can subscribe for free too to get the weekday stuff but anyway you know one of the things I was kind of hoping for and I've offered it to many people time and again on Twitter and elsewhere on Substack, I uh, think I don't even do that anymore because that shit confuses me I'm not very tech savvy Substack is like this crazy fucked up maze of just 
fucked upness. I picture people eating Pringles, smoking pot late at night, not knowing what they're talking about. Um, and um, yeah, so I started to lose my my train of thought there, and I'm going deeper, deeper into the void, losing it, losing it. Um, that's right, I got it back. Uh, I want to. I put it out there multiple times when there's disagreements that I'm willing to have a Zoom meeting and like have a discussion or a debate if you want, discussion, debate, whatever you want to call it. And then we can make it public if you want, you can make it private. Um, and if you like totally like, you know, make your point and, you know, validate everything that you were saying. And, you know, it turns out that I need to take a second look at everything I thought I believed on a certain matter, I'm cool with that. You know, I may not fucking love it, but like I'm, I embrace it. And so I hope I put that out there multiple times with people um, and nobody's taken me up on it. And I don't really, you know, unless you have like seven kids and two jobs, I really don't want to hear that you can be very passionate, that you don't have time to take 30 minutes and have a dis an actual discussion with a person on an issue that you purportedly are passionate enough about to say some pretty wild stuff when you're, you know, on the keyboard, which is easy for all of us to do. But people before all this shit, we actually used to, you know, talk and duke it out. And like, we were better for it, not just a little bit, but in every fathomable way, we were better for it. And so that's what I want. That's what I welcome, even if it ends in me like you know being humiliated because honestly uh two things one i mean if you just look at me you can tell i'm used to being humiliated that's that's one i mean just look two um from that i can learn if someone really is able i you know i work before i argue a point to fault to to i work hard to falsify my own beliefs and when i can't do that then i feel like i stand on solid ground with them but if someone else is able to do that, um, then I have no problem completely going on a journey to re-examine, you know, you know, everything I thought on that matter, that particular matter, uh, whether it's narrow in scope or broad in scope. So anyway, um, so I am also unapologetic. Uh, you know, unless I really do something wrong. I'm unapologetic about my views, um, even if I'm proven wrong. Like, you know, I, it's not like I thought them to hurt somebody. So I don't apologize. Um, I believe in making amends if you need to, but apologies are, you know, bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if you apologize for being um, an ass, that that's great but then you just have to follow up by not being an ass and the same can be said on online so unapologetic you know if if i need to make amends then and i get feedback then I'm, and I, then i'll do that um but also when speaking the truth regarding our our situation um the path we're headed down not just as a country but like as a species um it's very easy as far as i'm concerned to to look around and tell that um that this is a global thing it's a worldwide it's a worldwide thing which is you know we're in a transition and they've made that very very clear um 
And some people might think that's a good thing. I think it's demonstrably bad for uh, everything it means to be human and that there's ways to uh, getting off the beaten path as I do. Look, infused with all of this, there will be a little levity, but be warned, I have a like historically dark sense of humor, um, a sense of humor that's probably only legal in like 26 states. And uh, in addition, but, but in, there's that. So in addition to, to news and observations and blogs, there will be, um, you know, I hope a creative place of, for fiction writing, because that's what I love. And I want to, um, from short stories and screenplays to more, uh, and to threads, I want to build a community where we can share creative experiences in addition to have having straight, no bullshit, no holds bar talk on really important matters. Um, so the unscripted and unapologetic podcast will air at 7 p.m. roughly on the following days, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And starting next Saturday and Sunday, um, it'll be by subscription, which means that nobody will listen those days, I'm sure, but hopefully eventually that'll change. Uh, the schedule goes a little something like this. Tuesdays, around 60 to 75 minute show, there'll be some news uh, served as a buffet of shit um, and some views that are intriguing because they're, they're mine. And so of course they're awesome um, and story time. So a lot of times I interpret what we're going through via stories from the past stories of my life and that's just how I understand the world. And so I share that and if that doesn't interest you, bite me. Um, if it does, awesome, forget I said the whole bite me thing. I know that was crass. Can't believe I said that. Um, and uh, like I said, story time, which promises to reflect yeah. our state of affairs because art is a reflection of what's going on in, in society at any given time. Um, it'd be potentially irrelevant and definitely not appropriate for minors. And I'm serious about that uh, just because, well, unless you're cool with like your 15 year olds hearing me curse and read a short story that's you know intense um 18 and up you know uh but it won't be boring and i can guarantee that even if you hate it it won't be boring it won't bore you it'll be that kind of thing where you're like oh it's so gross but i can't look away i hope that's what i'm going for you gotta set the bar low yeah reach for the stars baby Thursdays, 75 minutes, 60 to 75 minutes, just a basic review of insanity as we move closer to the goalpost. Um, and then I'll have like a spotlight issue that I'll, I'll talk on. Um, Saturdays and some uh, Saturdays are 120 minutes to about roughly two hours. It'll be a week in review. Any guest appearances I have on Saturdays uh, will be on the Saturday show. Um, not many guests that I know. In fact, uh, one. But that'll change, yeah. I got, I'll get some big people lined up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll materialize. It'll be, the wheels will move slow and then they'll come to a grinding halt and it'll feel like everything's falling off, including the wheels, and then I'll succeed. Gotta hang in there. Um, so yeah, any, <laughs> I guess it's still funny. We'll appear uh, on Saturdays. Um, and then more, you know, straight 
no nonsense talk on on what I believe is a giant game being played and the players that are playing it and trying to play us. And actually the game runs on us being able to be played. Um, and then I'll pick one critical item from the week uh, to really um, comment on and kind of ramble on. Sundays, 75 minutes, uh, week in review, flashbacks to the 90s. So a lot of these will be kind of personal stories, some recordings with my father, uh, some just a, a lot of kind of nostalgic shit that if you are, you know, if you came of age in the 90s, you will relate to all this. And then uh, to end the weekend, uh, then some really to end the weekend on a, on a high note before, you know, Monday comes along and, and crushes uh, all of our souls in different ways. Um, you can find the podcast here in audio form. You can also find it on my YouTube channel, which is linked in the about. Uh, so is my Rumble, Spotify, and um, and then you can link to be, do the behind the scenes uh, content as well. Um, now let's see if I have anything to add for the newsletter part of it. So the newsletter Mondays, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and then Saturdays and Sundays again will be paid content starting the week of uh, 2021, which is this week. So Mondays, there will be some kind of article on the Great Reset and an observation. It could be just a ridiculous observation, um, a humorous observation, a really dark observation, uh, anything in between. Tuesdays will be something I like to call Tweetum Special. I'll highlight a particularly ridiculous tweet to mock. Um, but after today's really uplifting in re rejuvenating uh, uh, experience, having a convivial conversation with someone over Twitter, um, I might just highlight cool things too. And I'm actually being dead serious. I know it's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah, but I'm being serious about that. Wednesdays, uh, because I'm lazy, I just put something current and on the fly. So that's just where we're gonna leave it. I'll just like pop on and be like, you know, just let it flow. Fridays will be a story time and an observation blog that I'll kind of read. It'll be animated and exciting, I can assure you. And then Saturdays and Sundays, there will be paid content coming that will be much more inside look at things at a lot, you know, live diary that I've kept um, that doesn't sound interesting, but I'm doing it in kind of a cool way. It probably isn't interesting. Um, as you can see, my self-esteem is really, I've just got like rock solid self-esteem. I got a huge ego. It's like this huge, just throbbing ego. I, I'm pretty confident that the behind the scenes stuff is well, well worth it. Um, I'm not hugely talented. I'm just a regular dude, but I'm pretty damn creative. And uh, again, whether you like it, love it, or you're not particularly crazy about it you won't be bored by it um so at least at least there's that all right so um i wanted to touch on something unfortunate that i that i saw and that was i'll have to share my screen here and see if i can make this work that was the um right there yeah that was the speech by the the trucker versus getting in my way now 
the trucker uh, convoy, the guy who they say organized the trucker convoy, even though he says he doesn't know, Tom Mazzaro, uh, Marazzo, Marazzo, I'm terrible at pronouncing names, and I'm a writer, how embarrassing. Um, but I wanted to play this, and I'm going to play it. It's eight minutes. I'm going to play most of it. Um, and, uh, and then something quick from Russell Brand and Barry Weiss, and then we'll take it from there. But um, this guy is really genuine. Even if you didn't agree with what he was doing, if you're a Canadian and, and this really um, concerned you and worried you and, and stopped everything, I have very strong feelings on um, the situation we're in. Obviously, my feeling is that we're in an emergency and uh, um, any peaceful means possible need to be taken and, 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 and we need to get educated and get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, so this might be off-putting to a lot of people um, and I'm not pretending like I can be self-sufficient for like very long, but I'm ready to, you know, go into survival mode and go without for several months, certainly not much longer than that. I'm not a survivalist. I live in the city, but I'm prepared to do that because I want them to be able to do this. You know, people said, go to the ballot box. You know, the ballot box doesn't change anything when they're bought and paid for. And that's just a fact. All you have to do is follow the money. And a lot, a lot of people are reticent to do that. I was, I, you know, I didn't believe any anything people were telling me about this kind of thing, you know, 19 years ago. It's taken 19 to 21 years to really get the big picture. Um, and it gets way bigger than this, where they're taking us. But but um, this is how how they start. And the reason I was so adamant about the the these resistance movements being successful is because the end goal for where they hope to take us is so horrifying um, that now is the time to actually address it and stop it. And people who are who are for the mandates, who are for the restrictions, my heart. I, I joke, I, I can be really have a twisted sense of humor. And um, unless you're a real piece of shit, I genuinely don't mean it. Even when I say that, you know, you, you're going to, you're about to be sorely disappointed, but it's true. Uh, that And that's an understatement. You're not going to be sorely disappointed. You're going to be, there are going to be no words in your vocabulary because you're not going to understand what's happening when the establishment brutalizes you the same way it's brutalizing these other people, because what's going to happen is now that this has been allowed to happen and it's been cheerleaded, there's going to be a cascade of mandates that's going to come. And at some point, one will happen upon every individual who was okay with it. Um, and they won't believe it until it happens. And when it happens, it will be overwhelmingly powerful. Um, who knows what it'll be? It's different for everybody. Everybody has their own thing, but they have just about everything you can imagine prepared to micromanage your life down to the finest possible detail. And that's part of what Barry Weiss's piece, I think it's a diff different author, but writes for her common sense newsletter, uh, talks about the implementation of the social credit system. You don't, no matter what your political beliefs are, we can all unify behind this. Believe me, take my word for it. So anyway, I'll shut up and play a little bit of this, but that's why I believe supporting peaceful movements, even if it's in hugely, tremendously inconvenient, is it's not an insurrection. It's stopping a cr 
series of crimes against humanity that are already uh, underway that have taken place and that are burgeoning. The bigger ones are the tidal wave is coming. And these people were at the front lines of arresting the advancement of that. And um, to see this headline here, Tom Marizzo, trucker convoy organizes, uh, organizer announces retreat. Um, if that's true, that's devastating because it has much wider implications for everybody. Okay, so just we'll listen to a little bit of this. This morning I read something that I felt really telling. It's written by a woman named Laura Dodsworth. And he took this poem from First a Holocaust poem. Truckers, and I did not speak out because I was not a trucker. Then they came to the donors to truckers, and I did not speak out because I was not a donor to truckers. Then they came for me, and there was no one left. He's really emotional. I don't blame the man. Now, does this look like Yesterday, an extremist to you? My name was Candace Sarah. She's alive, despite the rumors. However, today, police are employing pepper spray against Canadians. So it's a dark day in our history. Never in my life would I believe anyone if they told me that our prime minister would refuse dialogue and choose violence against peaceful protesters. We're all in shock and we are currently organizing legal counsel and support for those injured by police brutality and for those being arrested. Proud citizens demonstrating for their freedoms are now being apprehended for holding Canadian flags. Wow. They are being targeted for waving a glorious maple leaf. As, as we have seen, each time the government throws hurdles our way, it only strengthens Canadians' resolve. This demonstration has never been about COVID-19. It's been about the restrictions on personal autonomy that have been falsely justified for public safety. The infringement on our rights is now obvious and on full display in our nation's capital. Three or more organizers, Chris, Tamara, and Danny, have been arrested on petty counts of mischief. The bank accounts of those who dared speak out have been frozen, including mine. All in Trudeau's desperate attempt to intimidate the opponents of his tyrannical regime. This is a grassroots movement, and others will fill their roles. Others have already filled their roles. People want a hero to rally around. There is no single person who leads this freedom convoy. This is ordinary Canadians who are asserting their rights. I'm certainly not a hero. I'm simply... I thought I'd see the day when law enforcement officers 
of the arresting citizens, the crime of exercising their charter rights and freedoms to free assembly and free speech. It remains to be seen if Canadian democracy can survive such an abuse of power. I'm going to stop it right there because it, it's just, it's gut-wrenching. Um, no, it can't survive. Democracy can't survive uh, if it keeps going in this um, direction. And I would venture to say the reality is, is that um, it's already dead there and, and here. The good news is, is that it can absolutely be revived if that's what we choose, if that's what we consent to. We get exactly what we consent to. And, um, you know, you, people talk about choice a lot. And that was part of the Twitter thread earlier, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, people talk about, about choice. You don't have a choice when you're being vilified. You don't have a choice when um, your livelihood or your passion hangs on it. I, I'm a vaccine injured person. I, I can't get this vaccine. I can't. It took me a lifetime to bounce back. And most people outside of my family don't know my struggles or, or you know, I'm, I'm not trying to play the victim. There's certainly people way worse off. I'm blessed in so many ways, but it was, uh, it was an it was on an unholy hell, um, especially for about ten years there. But you know, to this day, I live with a demyelinating illness that they say is not connected. I know it's connected. There's absolutely no family history of it uh, or anything like it at all. I've even had some doctors say that my MS is connected to the vaccine injury. You know, uh, people should have a right to choose. And I'm sorry, but looking at the death rates and looking at the information coming out, um, not only is there no justification in any way, shape, manner, form, context at all, period. They're not even close to it. Is it tragic that people die from it? Of course it is. My father had COVID. It's not that I don't take this seriously. My father had COVID this summer. I took it very seriously. He was unvaccinated and he came through. He got, he got treatment some of the treatment that they bad mouth and won't give people made sure to keep him out of the hospital and 77 he he survived he survived it you know now he's got natural immunity confirmed natural immunity to it um but this is much bigger than the vaccine for you know what i mean like i take it personally because of my hellish journey and because I, I won't have anything forced in my body, but I also, uh, it, we also have to realize the ramifications uh, of this, okay? So one, we're being, we've been robbed. You know, early on, me and members of my family, my mom and myself talking, my father, uh, we knew that, um, that they were going to start to divide us, you know, and it would start around the water cooler at work, of course, then they sent people home. Um, but it would find its way. I remember saying, make no mistake, like this is going to be like a war that will find its way into uh, our workplaces, into our places of worship, into our homes, into our living rooms and our bedrooms, into every facet of our lives. 
it will change everything. It doesn't have to. It's completely and totally and unnecessary in every way, but it's going to because they need it to. Now, people often think that when, you know, my sister originally thought that I was saying it wasn't real, not at all saying it's not real, saying it's overblown, 100%, that's been proven. Um, who knows that a super mutation won't emerge tomorrow, though, you know, I mean, but it absolutely is real. It, it absolutely does impact people in, in high risk groups. Um, I also know what they're what they're hoping to accomplish with the vaccination campaign and people that want to jump up and down and say you're making shit up and you're being conspiratorial about that um, again. I welcome to a zoom meeting where I can present you with they tell you they tell you that it's it's a it's genetic there it's gene therapy it's gene therapy it's why they want it and they oh they've always knew always that they were going to experiment with different regimens they were going to experiment with uh, shots that only took one they were going to experiment with um, platforms technology platforms as moderna calls it on their landing page that you know require multiple doses but uh they always knew that and they oh they just just like you know remember when the patriot act came out and it was like it's like a a thousand, two thousand pages, right? And it came out really fast. I'm not going to name the number of days because I just don't remember after 9-11, like how many days, but it was so fast that everyone, even people who were still like, you know, like hanging signs on their dorm room doors, like, you know, of Osama bin Laden and it, it was like 1-800, I'm so dead. People were like, because it was on the news and people were like, that. That was really fast. Like pe pe even people that were not politically inclined, when they found out the details of it, some of our professors were talking about it. We were like, "How in the world did they drum up all these, all this, this legislation with all these moving parts?" So they know in advance, and they wait for the event. And how that happens, I'm not, you know, I can't speculate. Maybe you know whether it was accidentally leaked out of Fort Detrick, whether it was, you know, I have no idea whether it occurred naturally, which is, um, there's so much conflicting evidence on it, and I'm not an expert. I don't know. What I do know is that it's here. What I do know is that this vaccination campaign's end goal is gene therapy and a, a biometric passport for everybody because what they need is tracking and data. That's not conspiratorial. That is 100% fact. You, you want to know what's going to back the new digital currency? Your data. Your data. Social credit. As Alison McDowell talks about, the, the privilege tokens, the skills tokens, skills badges. You're going to have a tiered society. And so that's what they're experimenting with. And they're experimenting in different places at different paces to see what works and what doesn't. And that's why you're seeing, you know, certain measures taken in Israel and Australia and Canada versus, you know, uh, other countries around, around the world, including us. Uh, here it's happening at local levels, you know what I mean? New York, Philadelphia, I think LA, the vaccine passport. But um, honestly, like, this is just phase one, and then they're going to move on to, to phase two at some point. Um, 
and this will just be kind of like a hanging chad you know what i mean like that will be dealing with it, it will continue to isolate people but they may move forward with the next phase which is uh running shocks through the system as far as financial and our our cyber structure so our major um you know uh the grids you know the power power plants the water treatment every any anything that has you know that can be hacked and stopped and hijacked um what was it last year a water treatment plant or a gas natural gas plant something with something was was hacked and cyber attacked and here in texas or nearby i'd have to look it up but um i remember thinking then oh here we go because bill gates had just mentioned that um during i think at the world economic forum or it came out of the world economic forum if you go and you google and you search in their site they certainly talk about what they call cyber pandemic and then of course they had operation and routers right in a mainstream paper they had operation um collective strength which i think happened on december 9th about what would happen with cyber attacks and financial uh collapse so you know and then russia's experimenting with their digital currency jerome powell was talking about it uh, throughout the autumn i don't know what he said about it recently um you know i remember him saying you know we we're going to have some conversation with congress about it translation they've already decided they're doing it it's 100% end game now they've got to come up with like the process to make it look like there was like stuff along the way and that we participated much the same way that they they made the decision to go to war with iraq that was made like a long time ago probably even before bush got elected to be really blunt with you but it was made proven far far before uh, you know 911 even as inauguration when he was president elect those plans were in place they wanted to get it done and so then after 911 all you saw you know was that they really had made the decision that this is they were going to pull the trigger on it and this idea of going to the UN going to congress and getting you know the authorization to use force and you know you know getting the polling numbers up with the american people all that was to make it the medicine go down easier but they were going to do the shit anyway if we all were if the approval was like 9% do you really think that they were going to be like uh we get back off you know we can't do it no they were going to fucking do it anyway man they were going to do it anyway the the only way to stop these people and this abuse of power is to do what these truckers were doing except for by many orders of magnitude more you know what i mean we need to put 15 million peaceful people in washington dc and and sit there and be willing to get hurt myself included and that scares the shit out of me but the power that we've given these entities that are behind our governments because it's not our governments that are doing this it's it's the people it's the entities Pfizer the World Economic Forum the Bank of International Settlements and there's so many players that they are way more our politicians are way more concerned with them afraid of them than they are of us and that's changeable that's changeable if we if we if we change it but again we get what we consent to and right now 
in the states were consenting sending mixed messages but you know what i would urge people i i you know if they shut down austin with a truck or convoy i would be none too happy if i couldn't get to work easily i would lose money i can't afford to lose money i'm desperate you know what i mean this job is just a hell mary right now like i'm trying to forge my path i would be furious i i, I hear you but you know what huffing and puffing and cursing my head off, I would fucking walk because I know what this means. I know what violent misery, what virulent violent misery is right around the corner for us. It's not like, oh, it's off there in the distance. It's, it's here, it's here now. And it's only being staved off because conversations are being had. Right. So they've got to find a different, they're like, oh, we've got to approach this differently because there's a physical presence of people. It doesn't have to be violent. They want violence. This establishment wants violence. Justin Trudeau's government wanted violence, wanted it more than anything you can possibly imagine. And some people, no, that's not true. Like, they, of course, it's true. They wanted to exert power. We're all susceptible to it, myself and anybody listening. No, not, not one of us is above it. Not one of us. That's the duality of man. You know, my, my aunt is a theologian, Dr. Kathleen Sands, and she wrote a book, um, her dissertation called um, Escape from Paradise. And it's about how she doesn't believe man is inherently evil. Of course, it's way more complicated than that. And you may need a thesaurus to get through the first 10 pages. Uh, she's quite brilliant. And it's, it's not like, you know, light Sunday afternoon reading, but it is interesting. And it's really hones in on the duality of man, right? How we can elevate, we can, any one of us could be doing things and justifying them comfortably and sleeping like a baby at night, um, given the right set of circumstances. So um, we'll have to see what happens with the DC convoy. Uh, that's supposed to set off, I think the first week in March, we'll see. Um, I wanted to take a look if I could, if I can find it at the Barry Weiss, uh, at the Barry Weiss piece, Common, uh, it's from her newsletter, Common Sense, uh, right here. And I just want to, to, I don't know that I'll read the whole thing. Because this is coming to, to the, the states too. I think that's, oh, I already liked it. That's important to realize. So David, um, David Sachs, sorry, David, that is um, Rights Bottom Up by David Sachs. It's, um, I'll subscribe, I'll do it if it'll let me hear it. Uh, yeah. Subscribe and continue. I don't know why I did that. I just wanted to help the guy out because of his name. It's very unfortunate. At least his last name is not like Sack. Anyway, a social credit system arrives in, in Canada. All right, get ready. This is coming here. It's already here in, in, in kind of a nascent form. Justin Trudeau just created a, a cast of economic uh, untouchables. Can we stop this dystopian policy from taking hold in America? And that's a very good question. It's the question to be asking, but also for our brethren in Canada, the, the question to be asking is like, can, can they undo the, the, can they 
slow the momentum, can they undo the damage that's been done? Can they? Because it's bad and they're good people and there are our, our neighbors and it's, um, it, it rips me up to see what's happening. And it rips me up to see people not recognizing it. Um, or Maybe I'm being judgmental there, I don't know. But anyway, so it, the article starts, uh, last summer, I warned readers of common sense that financial deplatforming would be the next wave of online censorship. Big tech companies like PayPal, which is fantastic because that's what I use right now. It's not like anybody donates to there, but that's what I use on my YouTube page. Um, we're already working with left-wing groups like the ADL and the SPL, uh, SPLC, the Southern Poverty Law Center and the Anti-Defamation League, um, to define lists of individuals and groups who should be denied service. As more and more sim uh, similarly minded tech companies followed suit, as happened with social media censorship, these deplorables would be deplatformed, debanked, and eventually denied access to the modern economy altogether as punishment for their unacceptable views. That prediction has become a reality. Um, I'm probably judging early on because obviously there's a lot of the article to go, but I would say that it's not, you're talking about deplorables and using some words, uh, sacks, I'll just call you sacks, that, um, make me think you're just talking about Trump support. I'm a political like atheist. I just refuse to comply with unconstitutional edicts um, for a disease that has a death rate that's less than the flu for healthy people and about on par with that, with a virulent flu, no less, um, uh, but still. Um, anyway, I'm against that and I'm being, I'm being punished. And also it'll kill me. I, it'll kill me because of the severity of my vaccine injury. Early on, I had doctor support for medical exemption and then they had some pressure applied to them and now they feel you know, antsy about it. So anyway, uh, I think that, I think that deplatforming, debanking, all that is gonna happen to people like me who could care less about voting for Trump, no offense to all the Trump supporters or anybody else. Um, and I certainly am far, more fearful of um, the authoritarianism coming in from the left because I think it's coming in the left door. But people need to wake up and make no mistake that the fucking right is not doing a damn thing about it. So be a centrist, be reasonable, be independent, and raise your voice for what's moral and, and right. Um, he goes on to say, Sachs, that is, I'm just going to call him Sack. Sack goes on to say, what I could not have anticipated is that it would occur first in our mild-mannered neighbor to the north uh, with the Canadian government itself directing repri the reprisals. It remains to be seen whether Canada will be a bellwether for the U.S., but anyone who cares about the future of America as a place where citizens are free to protest their government needs to understand that what has just occurred, uh, understand what has just occurred and work to stop it from taking root here. Now, I was saying a while ago, I mean, I, you know, of course, I don't have the audience that SAC has, but uh, I was saying a while ago in blog posts that tens of people read um, that, um, that it was going to get closer and closer to home. So what you were seeing is, you know, Australia is a continent. They're all out there alone. 
horrifying things happening there people having to mark their doors like i mean it like indicating whether or not they're vaccinated or sick some some really demented shit internment camps um people making propaganda videos of them um and people forget if you've ever seen the boy in striped pajamas there's a scene in it uh where um the the son of the major ss top dog um sees his father showing a propaganda video of a concentration camp to a bunch of soldiers and um it basically shows them like having fun and doing arts and crafts and uh, of course that was just what they were putting out to the world what was happening in there was what we know now was happening in there but, you know i think that that's what they're starting off with and then there's going to be there's a huge complex that they were talking about on the news that's going to be built uh, you're not going to see what's going on at some point behind closed doors there in new zealand um in israel and uh in Canada for sure. Um, so it's inching closer to home. And then yes, it will be a bellwether. Um, in a blog post I made the other day, I indicated that, you know, the population of Canada is much smaller, what, between 22, 30 million people, maybe, am I off? It's, it's under 100 million, it's under 50 million, I think. And, um, you know, the United States is, sits between 325 to 340 million people. And an enormous portion of our country are law-abiding gun owners. And if you, you want to laugh at people, uh, you know, a lot of people who are anti-gun, you know, like they get their feathers all in a ruffle about that. Um, that that's your, you're welcome. If, if you're happy with your freedoms, you're welcome. Because that's, a deterrent, you know, so much so that it necessitated, of course, you never know why Joe Biden says things, but he was, he said some time ago, there was a comment of him, you can probably look up the YouTube video of him talking about, you know, so what if we have, you know, gun owners, you know, they can't compete with our bombs and F-16s. Well, that's totally appropriate. And from a, a leader of a free country, supposedly the leader of the free world, we'll just bomb the shit out of you with nukes and F-16s. But a secure leader of a gun-owning population doesn't say that. They say that because they know they're being held back by that. Now, that doesn't mean that the wheels have stopped moving. They haven't. The wheels just move slower. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, the, the real victories are not going to come from us um, using guns. They're going to come from us not giving them up, but they're going to come from us being overwhelmingly peaceful, creative, and having an enormous presence with people that have varying degree, uh, varying uh, perspectives and political beliefs and uh, political persuasions, all uniting around just the basic understanding that this is a bigger picture issue and threatens all of our freedoms. And we all have specific ones that we cherish. We may not even think about it until it's gone, but I would take inventory of it now because there's gonna come a time soon. You wanna be prepared for that. And if you're prepared for it and you take a good inventory, then we can participate together in leaning forward and addressing it. Anyway, so Sack goes on to say here, he goes on to say that for the past three weeks, thousands of truckers have gathered in Ottawa and along the Canadian American border in protest of COVID restrictions and mandates. Again, it's, it's more than that, um, according to Tom there. 
Um, rather than engage with them or listen to their concerns, however, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau uh, first denounced them as having unacceptable views. Then he demonized them as white supremacist, racist, and swastika waivers. Uh, don't forget that first, before any of that, as far as I know, or maybe in the midst of that, maybe he was doing all those things, and then he took a break to run away. Uh, I believe to come to my country, to come to the United, our country, the United States, depending on where you're listening from, um, and uh, get pressured by by senile Joe about doing something to the Ambassador Bridge. So Sack goes on to uh, scribe here. On Monday, the rhetoric turned to action when Trudeau invoked the Emergencies Act. So let's call it for what it is. I've read the thing um, front to front to back, and then back and then again, I've poured over it. Um, it, it is a disgusting bill and it's martial law. So I don't want to hear, I'm sorry, I'm not going to debate this with anybody, um, any fucking horseshit over how it's not martial law. It's martial law. And believe me, um, they're going to expand their mandates and it will eventually include you. You, the person out there, and I'm not trying to be a dick, I'm saying just being real. It's going to include you out there, that person out there that didn't think it could possibly include them. I don't know in what form yet. All I know is that there are, they have hundreds, if not thousands planned. I could do a readout on all the social changes they want to make, or you can go into my blog and click on the um, Klaus Schwab's book about COVID-19 uh, and um, what the Great Reset's about. And you'll see that this totally affects you. Anyway, that's why I call it unscripted. I go off on disjointed rants. This here for two unused 1998 law, 1988 law, excuse me, gives the government virtually unlimited power for 30 days to deal with a crisis. Invoking the law under the present circumstance, um, invoking the law under the present circumstance would require the threat. Uh, or use of serious violence, yet the vast majority of the protesters, of course, have been overwhelming, entirely, completely peaceful, playing we are the world and waving maple leaf flags. Indeed, the government has made little attempt to justify the need for the emergency powers beyond Trudeau's frequent bemoaning that the truckers uh, alleged, uh, of the truckers alleged hateful rhetoric. Um, now I'm not there, so I don't know, maybe there is hateful rhetoric, but from the few people that uh, friends that I have that live it, it, right in the area, they don't see it that way. And they are from both sides of the aisle. So his public safety minister, Marco um, Mendenciano, Mendencio, uh, stated that such extraordinary measures were necessary due to the quote, intimidation, harassment, and expressions of hate, close quote. Perhaps he doesn't realize that none of these are listed in the law as valid reasons to invoke it. And that would be correct. Trudeau escalated things further on Tuesday night when he issued a new directive, just, you know, just issuing it. He'd come out and tell you what color socks to wear. You know what I mean? Like at this point, this, this little Ken doll was just like, I think, you know, it's masturbatory for him, to be honest, um, uh, called the Emergency, Ec Emergency Economic Measures Act. That sounds fun. Invoking the War on Terror Law called the Proceeds of Crime and Terrorist Financing Act. The order requires financial institutions, including banks, credit unions, co-ops, loan companies, trusts, and even trusts, and even even cryptocurrency wallets. So, to all of you out there who are like, "Crypto is the answer," no, 
No, it's not. Not a little, not at all. And for not just for this reason, this is just a bonus. It's like a little delicious, tasty treat to throw out there because I'm trying to get people to understand that blockchain technology and crypto is not as the billboard says on 35, a silent revolution right under your nose. You think the establishment would let that stand if it was? It is literally a conduit to fucking slavery. So if you want to like ride down that, go for it. But don't pretend it's something it's not. So yes, they have control over cryptocurrency wallets, but make no mistake, they actually have control over it all and the algorithms uh, that, that run it. Um, I believe the deputy of uh, the deputy prime minister made that pretty damn clear. Um, quote, to stop providing any financial or related services, unquote, to anyone associated with the protest. Uh, in parentheses says, a quote, designated person. So, unquote. So this has resulted in the CBC uh, basically in frozen accounts, stranded money, and canceled credit cards. Banks, according to the new order, have a, quote, duty to determine if one of their customers is uh, a designated person. Now, a designated person can refer to anyone who directly or indirectly, I love this. I love it when they just, they, you might as well just have one sentence that says, we're going to do what we want instead of all this shit, because that's what all this amounts to. Just say, we'll do what we want, including taking a steaming hot shit on your face. Like, that's what all this amounts to. They could just eliminate all this and just write one sentence in the act you know and they could still call it the emergencies act but i mean let's anyway uh banks according to this new order have to deter that's right we talked about that blah 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 um wrap we'll, we'll close up here in a second on this but i just want to look over the you know because the donor data to the crowdfunding site give send go was hacked so it was doxxed, apparently. So that's fantastic. And I doubt they're doing shit about that, right? I was probably hacked by them, honestly. And the leaked data shows that Canadians donated almost $8 million raised. Many thousands of law-abiding Canadians now face the prospect of financial retaliation and, uh, and financial ruin merely for supporting anti-government protests. Folks, this is, this is insane. Even if you are on the side of, of you know, the crackdowns and the, and the breakup of the protest, okay, but can you not look at this and understand that this is going to impact you at some point? If it, you think it won't, I'm, I'm sincerely, my, my humor aside, my sarcasm aside, whatever, I'm not trying to be a douchebag. If you think it won't affect you, you are a fucking dolt. Snap out of it and wake the fuck up, dude. It will affect you. It's going to affect all of you and all of us if we don't do something. And I mean immediately and without impediment nor any delay. We can't wait. I know we're going to because people are going to, no, no, that can't happen. We, we God, us as a species, it's remarkable. We, we're, we're, we, we're capable of some of the most incredible things and yet time and again, we do this kind of shit. It is astounding, quite frankly. It says, uh, Sachs, Sack goes on to say, already a low government, a low level government official in Ontario was fired after her $100 donation came to light. A gelato shop, this is Tammy uh, Giuliani, 
was forced to close when uh, it received threats after its owner was revealed to have donated uh, to the protest. Um, and on Wednesday, Justice Minister David uh, Lametti went on Canadian television to say the quiet part out loud, namely that according uh, that anyone contributing to a pro-Trump movement should be worried about their bank accounts and other financial assets being frozen. I mean, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Um, I want to skip ahead a little bit just because I think this is so important. If you, my three listeners tune out, you tune out. But I think that this is sack. Uh, ball sack here has gotten it really right in a lot of ways. He's hitting the nail on the head. So I want to see what he has to say because I actually haven't read this yet. So how did things get to this point? I know how I, they got there. Let's see what Sack says. For years, ideologues have used accusations of bigotry to hound people from their jobs, kick them off social media, and rescind their right to participate in the online economy. However, there are, however many observers shrugged off these cases as outliers, fringe examples that could be ignored because they affected unsympathetic individuals. Yet now, we have a wide-ranging group of working-class people and their supporters who are being financially deplatformed for civil disobedience. So let's be clear. They're not being finan just financially deplatformed. They're being terrorized. This is terrorism. Let me repeat that. This is terrorism. One more time. This is terrorism, not the truckers in Canada. Okay, not not even the folks on January 6th, even though, you know, I whether I don't know whether it was the plants there that turned it into a mess, like, you know, agitators or not, I don't agree with what happened. But the idea that it was an insurrection, ridiculous. The idea that I mean, the terrorism is coming from the, the, the imposter government. Terrorism. 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 The Canadian truckers have been so thoroughly defamed as racists and bigots by the media on both sides of the border that few are thinking about the nightmarish impl implications for ordinary citizens. For the most part, this CBC, CNN, and MSNB MSNBC and the major newspapers in both countries have cheered and egged Trudeau on as he descends into authoritarianism. I wouldn't say he just descends, like he like did a fucking cannonball into it. Even as various Canadian provinces rescind the vaccine mandates that originally inspired the protests. So good for them. I did see one governor of one province speaking out. I can't remember his name, Doug something, but um, it was good to see if he's actually has the, the courage to follow through. Perhaps no one has been more enthusiastic than CNN contributor, uh, Juliet um, K. I don't even give a shit about her last name. Uh, she, anyone who works for CNN, not worth it. She took to Twitter to encourage Trudeau's government to first slash the tires, empty the gas tanks, and arrest the drivers, and later to, quote, cancel their insurance, suspend their driver's licenses, prohibit any future regulatory verification for truckers, and other ideas that seemed extreme until Trudeau adopted several of them. Trust me, declared, uh, declared came, uh, whatever her name is, uh, declared super bitch. Um, quote, I will not run out of ways to make this hurt. So this is an individual that is a handmaiden of hell. Um, I, I wrote a blog post on 
they're the kind of the proxies administering the system. And what you need to realize is that they're gonna they're gonna be punished by the this this imposter regime so fiercely it's going to astound them. So they're behaving this way because they think it's gonna save them. And what's sad for them is that this government, their government hates them with such a fury and fiery passion that there really are no words to describe it. Maybe there are in French. It's ineffable. They think you're pathetic, okay? So you spell all the hatred you want, but believe me, when the tables are turned, love the gov right now, but they're not gonna be short on ways to hurt you because you're, you're gonna end up being a threat to that at some point. At some point, as soon as the system goes fully rogue, believe me, before it comes after the truckers and all the resistors, which it will, it'll, it's been, it'll do it all along and then it'll really come after them. But when it, when it really gets an, enough of a hold on things, they're going to purge all of you. And I'm not saying that to be antagonistic. I'm saying that because for, God, for God's sake, you know what, just fucking do some research about how the shit works around the world and the segment of the population they eradicate first. And if that doesn't send chills up your spine, then you have a, an IQ of like nine. And that I'm being dead fucking serious about. Um, so one suspects Trudeau won't, won't either even, one suspects Trudeau won't, I don't, I don't, I don't even know where I am at this point. Look, um, he ends by saying, funny, it's almost as if it's, uh, as if it's cruelty, as if cruelty is the point, and it is. Um, the self-conception of these pundits and politicians could not be more at odds with reality. They pose as defenders of democracy, and I agree with this completely. Well, I know exactly where he's going with this, I think, unless it takes an ugly turn. While invoking emergency powers without legislative or public debate, and without, emergent, without an emergency, for that matter, and not at all. Right. So there's it's just it's across the board thuggishness. It's thuggery. Um, they claim that diversity and tolerance are, are their highest values, the things they praise the most, they hold the most dear, all the while insisting that only one political point of view is acceptable and censoring the alternatives by all means necessary. Again, and, and using the media, I guarantee you people like that, that, that woman, that mega bitch there, uh, her name's not worth mentioning because people who speak like that and espouse violence aren't worth not being called names. Sorry. The, the, I love being civil, but that goes out the window when you do stuff like that. Um, <laughs> they claim to be... They're the worst kind of people because they claim they think they're the best, the most enlightened. Um, and that they, I think people like her constitute a small portion of the, of the population. I, I'm being hopeful there, but they are the loudest and they have the megaphones of society, that, which I refer to also as terrorist organizations, the media at their disposal. Um, so they, again, they, they claim uh, they, uh, above all progressive elites see themselves 
as the champions of the disadvantaged while demonizing working class men and women whose economic livelihoods have been devastated by the draconian COVID policies. These elites will soon move on to their next Twitter outrage, but the people of Canada will be living with the consequences of Trudeau's actions long after every last truck has been towed and the last protester has been cleared by tear gas, stun grenades, and mounted police on horseback. Indeed, over the weekend, the Ottawa police chief told reporters that they will be pursuing protesters for weeks and months to come. Quote, if you are involved in this protest, you will actively, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. Absolutely, close quote. Ladies and gentlemen, that's worse than China. Wake up again. Just because you may have disagreed with the trucker protest and you weren't there, this is going to happen to you soon. It could be for a number of reasons. And it could be in different ways. It could manifest in a gentler way, but you are going to pay both financially, you're going to pay with your ability to make decisions, you're going to pay in so many ways. Wake up. Wake up. They're never just going to focus it on one group of people. It's going to take you to. This is where we bridge the gap. This is where we, we unite and come to find common ground long enough to stop this. To stop this, okay? While the emergency order, order only authorizes the freezing of assets for 30 days, banks and financial institutions are gonna be weary of resuming business relationships with any of the design, any designated persons, any of the designated people or I would say businesses uh, like the gelato shop, Stella Luna, uh, or anyone they think could, um, think they or anyone they think they they think could be one in the future confident that these private businesses will do their dirty work for them the government will likely back off but the chilling effect on the political this on political dissent will remain it's a western version of china's social credit system that does not altogether prohibit political dissent but it makes it so costly and so painful i added that part that it becomes impractical to the ordinary citizen so let me say this, uh, we'll kind of just end it there and I'll include the link for people to look at if they want. We cannot allow that to happen. We absolutely cannot allow that to happen. This is a major deal what's going on in Canada right now. This is major. And I know that the Tom there in his opening speech, um, he said something about, um, about um, uh, I, I already forgot. There's one more thing that I wanted to share here. Um, I forgot because I'm just so fucking blown away by all this. There's Russell Brand. I don't know if people have heard of him, but this little quick clip I wanted to play for people because he nails it here. Okay, um, and, and this using this for fair, uh, fair use, I think that's what you have to say, right? Uh, just a quick clip, he, he hits the nail on the head. So let's go ahead and listen. There's no obligation, but what is an obligation is that you don't truck and you do do what you're told. Because 
Canada is apparently turning into a tyrannical place. Now, I know there's a lot of people with various views on this. Some people think that the truckers are an extremist movement and that their behaviour is reprehensible. And there's an attempt to try to position it, I believe, as a kind of insurrectionist movement. But I will ask you with an open heart, and I, I pray an open mind, what plausible protest is permissible? Is it any? It is. What level of disagreement is allowable? Is it any? Let's have a look at what the hell's going on in Canada. Yeah. And I stopped it there because that's exactly the question that I, you know, what is allowed? Do you, anybody remember, as we conclude here, Bush, George Bush's um, free speech zones? We were outraged by that. People across, whether you were, no matter where, what, where you stood people were like what the free speech zones what's the point of that it's amazing it's just like 1984 where winston says you know they can reach back almost and undo history because we have such we have the memories of fucking earthworms we got to get our shit together people we got to get our shit together it's now or never it's now or never we're on borrowed time so anyway that's all i got for you you all have a blessed night Please remember, um, like, share, subscribe, uh, consider donating through PayPal on my YouTube, consider signing up for the paid subscriptions. Um, I appreciate everybody. I appreciate feedback, engagement. If you listen to any part of this or you're listening now, you made it through the whole thing and you vehemently disagree and want to like, you know, just slay me on a Zoom uh, debate or discussion, I'm, I'm down for it, even if I lose mercilessly um i i welcome that i believe that's what we need um not nastiness but but to be willing to engage with people to be willing to take chances to be willing to bridge the gap or try so have a good night and um remember to tune in uh, uh tuesday take care